Welcome back to a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric, and joining me this evening, Matt Asher, famed book writer. How's it going, buddy? Good, good, good. <laughs> nice to talk with you. Ah, it's nice to talk with you as well. Uh, we had a little bit of a hiccup there with Zoom right at the beginning here, so we were kind of standing around for about 10, 15 minutes wondering what happens, but we fixed it. We got it. Dark Tom Woods didn't uh, didn't get us down this time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, uh, tell everybody about the uh, the new book that you got coming out. Sure, absolutely. So it is uh, still in final progress, final edit and so forth, but it is called Break Up, A Freedom Lover's Guide to Surviving the End of Empire. And it's about this moment that we're in right now where America yeah. is teetering on the edge of something and it's not exactly clear what yet, some kind of breakup of some sort. One of the chapters lays out the odds of the different scenarios, one of them being a, a straightforward kind of breakup and then other things that might happen to us as an empire in decline. Yeah, uh, probably a lot of uh, little references to Rome, I would imagine, you know, a couple thousand years ago. There are for sure some, though in the in the final chapter, I talk a little bit more about ancient Crete, which I think, at least based on my very limited understanding of that culture, might be a better analogy in that you have an elite that is completely disinterested in what kind of conditions regular people are in. It right. is decadent. I guess Rome was decadent in both ways too. And it's matriarchal as well, which I think is a direction that we're headed in, in terms of being a, a decentralized mob rule society that is run by people who panic very easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if anything hasn't demonstrated, I don't, I don't know where you've been for the last 18 months, but it definitely seems to, to fit pretty well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one thing as I was uh, thumbing through the PDF that you sent me is uh, I was like, man, I hope this is how it goes to print because uh, every page it's uh, not exactly what you would find in a, in a regular book. And, you know, you have like a chapter headings, but you've got all like a really great design and layout and everything else that really captured the eye. So I was like, I was like, wow, he spent some time on this one. This is great. Thank you. Yeah, try to keep it an interesting thing. It's a, a topic that can be well serious or and dark even at times, but right. why not make it fun and why not add in some of the memes that are out there that are oh, yes, related definitely. to the content <laughs> and so forth, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it definitely kept me uh kept me, you know, scrolling up through the thing. I was like, okay, he's got to talk about this now and then of course he hit everything that I was wanting and more. So yeah, that's uh, it. Seems to be a common thread here in the last uh, few months. I mean, we even got people like the likes of uh, Sarah Silverman saying, you know, maybe we should just break up. And you're like, wow, someone who's way on the left of me is uh, is starting to think this way. Uh, did you see that? I I did. That was kind of fascinating, and it was interesting how she put it as a kind of, hey guys, I had this thought, right? <laughs> um, and and but but I think she put it perfectly. You know, I, I, it has to be occurring to people who are not just on the right that we are not in a, a great relationship, and you know there there may be more than two parties to this. There may be more than just the left and the right in this breakup. But regardless, yeah. there are definitely people who do not want to share. A country with other people and this is dawning on more than just the uh, the right that is politically disenfranchised right now yeah that's uh we even saw this with the uh, texas abortion uh bill you know now we have the mayor and governor of new york saying you know well how dare they i was like what do you care what texas is doing handle new york's business you know 
uh, and we just kind of see this over and over again. And I, and I, I like to tell people that you know live up in the Northeast and everything. I was like, well, if y'all are embarrassed by the South, you don't have to live together. You know, there's there's different ways that we can handle this. For sure. It's a funny thing, the thought that this has to be a forever arrangement, the United States. Uh, it's been an arrangement that's worked exceptionally well for a lot of people for a long period of time. But right. you know, all, all empires, this is kind of the point of the book, all empires have their their life cycle. And it seems like we're getting towards the end of ours. And we just have to decide how we're going to deal with that. Are we going to bitter end it? Are we going to fight to stay together uh, again, I guess? Yeah. Um, or are we going to sort of go our separate ways which seems already to be happening yeah uh i would love for nothing else than for people to just peacefully go away from each other you know and even if it only breaks up into four separate countries or five separate countries uh or you know even better 50 separate countries that'd be great but uh yeah as long as it's done peacefully and this is the thing that i have to stress with uh, some of my lefty progressive friends is every time they hear you know secession they're automatically transported back to 1860 and they think there's going to be a big old war about it. And I'm just like, no, just think about this. <laughs> you're, you're just walking away. You're taking your, your ball and you're going home. That's that, that's it. There, there doesn't have to be a fight to it. No, there absolutely doesn't. I think that it, it is funny how that, how sticky that is. Well, we tried that once 150 years ago. Right. Right. Well, wait, what? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, the circumstances of 150 years ago have nothing to do with the circumstances of today. It's yeah. just a it's just a completely different situation. And what is happening is, you know, is is very certainly there are a couple southern states that seem to be going their own way. But at the same time, I don't see this necessarily breaking out as a as a north versus south thing this time. It's, you know, there are definitely states up up north, New Hampshire, maybe even who knows yeah. uh, that, you know, that might want to uh, secede for their own reasons. Yeah, I was uh, I was a little bit shocked. I was uh, talking to a coworker of mine and I was like, well, I'm trying to see who's going to who's going to exit first. And right now my money's on New Hampshire or Texas. And he had like no idea. He was like, well, I knew Texas, but New Hampshire. I was like, yeah, yeah, they, they've got the Free State Project up there. They're kind of doing their own thing. And then not a day later did I get the news that they were thinking about introducing that as part of the legislation to to get out of the union <laughs> to disaffiliate, I think, was the term that they used. It'll be interesting to see what happens as this gains momentum and as more and more people start talking about it. These, the you know, the flip side of being in the mimetic culture in this decentralized moment of of mob rule is that once an idea takes hold or a hashtag or whatever, it yeah. can take on its own momentum. And then once people start acting based on that perception of something that's happening it can kind of bootstrap its own reality where where that it, it takes us well you know as as you saw in the, in the book i have some different speculations about how we're we're headed with this but you, once once the momentum starts it, it certainly might uh create its own wind yeah that's that's definitely true and anyone's ever seen that i mean twitter is a great example of that sometimes uh you know, you can put out just like a really goofy tweet and then for whatever reason, just the right person happens to catch it at the right time. And then next thing you know, your phone's notifications are blowing up for a couple of days. This happened to me a couple of years ago 
Doug Stanhope had retweeted one of my stupid memes, and uh, for two days straight, I I couldn't even open up the app. It would just start lagging and then uh, crashing. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to delete Twitter off my phone for a few for about a week until I can come back and see what happened. And then when I got in there, I found that it was like, oh, Doug Stanhope retweeted this, and now I have sixty three thousand you know <laughs> impressions yeah. on a, on a dumb tweet about Syria, you know. <laughs> It it is you know and I almost think of it like it, I don't know if you've ever seen those nature documentaries where the uh, the penguins are trying to find their way in the polar north and somehow they magically ma- manage to get back to where they migrated from in the past and yeah. it happens where one of them just starts moving in a direction like confidently oh this is where we need to go <laughs> yeah. and then the others eventually recognize oh yeah that is the way right yeah. and it seems almost like that you've got a bunch of these these actors all communicating with each other online and then one of them will put out something like a really great tweet or whatever and then everybody else will go oh yeah that's where we want to go you know that's what we want to do and this happens on all sides you know it happens on on every every part of the political spectrum someone will will put out something that's particularly you know biting to the other side and everybody else will jump on it because they recognize right away oh yeah you know that's a zinger that's going to get yeah yeah uh, Mark Dice actually had a pretty good video about this uh, a few years ago where he put on like a construction outfit and was leading people to cross a crosswalk that was, you know, not available for him to cross. So he was getting people to jaywalk just because he looked official and he looked confident and had the part, you know, <laughs> just people were just following right behind him. He says, yeah, go, come on, let's go. <laughs> that does seem to be a lot of it. You know, we're, we're very much social yeah. creatures. We take our, our cues. Nothing, as they say, nothing, uh, attracts a crowd like a crowd. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And then, you know, we get mob mentality sometimes. It's like the whole group is doing this one thing. So I, I guess we're all going to do it. We'll be safe that way. So it's really amazing how much leftover monkey stuff is rattling around up there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, what what got you to write this book? Was it just the, the state of affairs and it was time to write this book or it was an idea that you had been kicking around for a while? That was part of it. I, I've also been having conversations now and again with Tom Woods, and I was talking about, um, you know, w- w- these ideas and so forth. And at some point, he said, "Yeah, why don't you just write something about this?" And uh, I intended to write an article, and as sometimes happens, <laughs> 130 ish pages later, I'm right? Like, yeah, the article went a little wrong. <laughs> um, I, I have, by the way, um, split it up since uh, since I sent you the PDF on two chapters oh, okay. on sub. Stack. So uh, if you go to mattasher.substack.com, you can see some of the chapters are there for free and others if you uh, want to subscribe. And then eventually it will be rewrapped up in a, in a proper book and published, hopefully, with all of those uh, delightful memes as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just the, the stuff that I that I saw in the PDF, I mean, just it, it floored me, right? As soon as I opened it, I was like, it's like, oh man, if this becomes a book, I mean, people will actually talk about this if they sit down to read the uh, the material because it's just the way it was laid out was very eye catching. So it's like the first thing that I noticed on there. Oh, right on. So if you got that going on in the Substack, yeah, definitely, you know, go over there and you know look at his stuff. Don't don't worry about my cheesy sci-fi Substack. You you go to his. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, I definitely like uh, Substack for that. I was like. Uh, it was kind of a godsend, you know, because of all of us, the, we try to write as much as we can. And then uh, it's it's just an easy format just to throw something out and it goes to people's e- email boxes. So. Yeah, it's nice. Um, so uh, have you written any other books or is this your first uh, foray into book writing? 
this is my first foray into nonfiction book writing. I've done ah. some articles over the years, and I have a, a piece of experimental fiction that someday may get out there, but it's been stymied by a number of factors, including the format. It's actually in a scroll format, which one might think would be easy to print, but it turns out it's kind of nightmarish. And I don't want to do it in any other format, so I've been stuck on that for some time. And Printing every now and then- scroll. That's Man. right. Yeah, the the story itself is wrapped up in the format of the document itself. It's kind of like a fictional document more than a a novel with illustrations and other things included in it. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. I would love to see something like that actually. Cuz I mean, that was originally how we had our information down. You know, we just wrote a big old long scroll and then they would just get wrapped up in a uh, in a couple of uh and a couple of dowels and everything. So I don't know. That'd be that'd be pretty wild to see in a bookshelf somewhere. It's kind of wild. I've sent out prototypes to various people at various times, and it actually works quite quite well to read. It folds back up onto itself, so you end up with two rolls as you're holding it and reading yeah. it, and you can scroll through it uh, quite well. But the there's sort of trade offs between the thickness of the paper and how you're printing yeah, it. And yeah. uh, it, it turns out it's uh, it's much uh, trickier than one would have thought, or certainly I would have thought uh, to do it. Yep. And thank thousands of years ago, that was the only way to get a book if you didn't carve it out on a tablet. So <laughs> uh, it's like full circle right there. It's like, oh, that's like, that's a crazy idea. Uh, I would really love to see that would actually work. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as for myself, I've, uh, I've written a book and I'm, I'm like trying to find an editor for it. And it's a, it's a sci-fi, uh, uh, type of book. And, uh, I, I kind of sprinkled a little bit of libertarian anarchy themes into it. I didn't want to like assault the reader with uh, theory. And it was like, you know, I'm not going to have my main character start quoting Rothbard for no reason. <laughs> as I've seen it in one book, I was like, that was interesting. You didn't have to go that way, but uh, I see where you're going with that. There's so many reasons to quote Rothbard. <laughs> right. It's just a little bit much, you know, for your you know, average young adult trying to read a science fiction novel. And it was like, who's this Rothbard dude? <laughs> Seems to be quoting him a lot in this book. <laughs> there does seem to be a history, right, of using science fiction as a as a vessel, I guess, for getting out yeah. political ideas. Uh, didn't oh, Corey, oh, shoot, Doctorow did some of that young adult uh, sci-fi, right? Sci-fi-ish yeah. stuff with his own political messages in them. Yeah, yeah. Um... I want to say, yeah, that uh, that seems right. There was a, I know the guy who, um, it became a series on sci-fi, but it was about uh, about this kind of like police force that uses magic. But um, one of the uh, the other podcasters out there, uh, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, talks about him all the time. Jim Butcher, that's who I'm thinking of, and he goes like, this guy had to have spent time on a police force because he knows the bureaucracy a little bit too well. <laughs> and he knows, <laughs> he knows how to write it and make fun of it at the same time. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Well, you, you definitely for that fiction often have to kind of live the experience. That was part of this one that will eventually come out as a scroll. I lived in the woods for a couple weeks squatted there with, uh, with my ax in the woods of Northern Ontario, because part of the book, takes place in the woods and i figured there were some things that you know there's some things you can fake without doing them but the experience right. of what's what it's like to actually live in the bush that wasn't something i think i could have convincingly <laughs> faked if i didn't have at least some taste of it yeah especially northern ontario Oof. 
Yeah, during the summer though, so it wasn't. So oh, bad. okay. It's not not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, it's, I live down here in uh, southern Louisiana, so I, I talk about sometimes going out in the out in the woods right behind my house to camp, and there was like alligators, snakes, and I was like, yeah, I don't really have to worry about the alligators. It's the water moccasins. <laughs> that's that's oh, the big yeah. thing you have to worry about in the bugs. <laughs> oh yeah, the bu- the bugs were a thing for sure there in yeah. uh, in northern Ontario. They were not very pleasant. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, so like somebody had said that they're the mosquitoes in Alaska, since they have such a short life cycle, they they get very aggressive very quickly because they're only going to live like a day or something like that. So I can only imagine. For sure, yeah. So, uh, so you're still up in Canada, or are you in the U.S. now, or is that? Uh... I moved out of Canada. So actually, the the sort of squatting in the woods happened a, a very long time ago. After that, oh, okay, I moved I gotcha. all around the US and South America. And then I was in Toronto for about 13 years and loved it. Phenomenal city, lots going on there. Uh, a great restaurant scene that was only getting better and better for uh, yeah. for a while. Um, and, you know, a good cultural scene, very livable city. We had a, a lovely place at the, just outside the city on the lake. It was lovely. And then, you know, and then they locked down there and continued to lock down <laughs> indefinitely. Yeah. I, I do a lot of my work out at cafes. It's an environment that works for me. So from the very get-go, it was very hard for me to try to keep going, obviously, yeah. beyond just the destabilizing nature of the changes themselves the fact that i couldn't just go out to a cafe and work i really i had no desire to stay there uh during that but did ride out the initial wave um and then they opened back up over the summer and then locked down again over the winter and now they are in some sort of nasty state of masking and they just introduced the passport thing there so i'm very very happy uh i left my wife and i came to florida to the keys and are very happy here (laughs) yeah that's that that's that's a big change it's like i I, i've talked to people that have like moved like as far away from where they were at as possible uh my last episode had uh brit and she used to live in los angeles and now lives in georgia uh, a few episodes ago, I had a guy on. He lived in South Africa and now lives in Florida and goes to school in Tallahassee. So it's like, it's like, man, it's like, I can't even imagine what kind of culture shock that must be. Uh, or just you know, temperature, climate change, and everything else going along with that. That's that, that's got to be pretty wild. It it is quite a change. It's taken me some time to get used to the fact that it is always hot. But you know, your body adjusts, and now. Yeah. 80 degrees seems like kind of normal room temperature at this point to me. Yeah. So, you know, your, your body adjusts. And then of course it is, I mean, it's, it's lovely here. I'm on the water. And so, you know, I went out a little bit earlier today, went out jet skiing, drove off, did some swimming. It's, you know, the lifestyle here isn't so bad. And of course everything is open. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the big plus. Yeah. Uh, Huge plus. Yeah, the Keys, it's a beautiful place. I've been there a few times. Um, the Conch Republic was down there where they successfully fought off the U.S. Navy. And it's, it's like one of the greatest stories ever. If people don't know that history, it's it's really fun. Uh, there are a lot of places down here that still have up the Conch Republic flag. And sometimes I think, nah, you know, I didn't really move back to the U.S. I moved to the Conch Republic, right? Yes. Yeah. You know? So, you know, I've already, we've already begun the separation here in the, the Conch Republic. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's so fun, especially when you hear some of the old timers talk about like uh, spraying the uh, the Coast Guard with uh, hoses, <laughs> and they get so jazzed up about it and everything. It was like, man, you could just see the lights come back up in their eyes, and it's like, oh yeah, let me tell you about this time we took on this Coast Guard cutter. <laughs> it's like, it's like, man, you guys are wild. Uh, I know up in uh, Northern California, some some places do hold the uh, the state of Jefferson uh, flags up and everything else. So that's that's another separatist movement that began like that was i think that was actually stymied by the pearl harbor and uh bombing from world war ii i think they were oh, gonna have like it? some kind of vote and uh <clears throat> they ended up having to postpone it because of that I, I i don't know much about the history though i did live for a while in southern oregon actually for five years in medford and people would yeah. talk from time to time about that was actually jefferson county yeah. um and they talk from time to time about that uh that movement yeah, so uh, when you start getting down onto the ground with with uh, some of these places, they they everyone talks about you know breaking away and separating. And as like even down here in Louisiana, we have a we have a rule: anything north of I ten is Yankee country. So <laughs> <laughs> it, get, it gets pretty wild. I mean, people will separate just based off of like weird stuff like that anyway. So you know, like Texas is for as big as it is, you know, still has those little dots of blue of you know Austin and Dallas. Um, so I can even see like separation movements going all the way down to like the local level where, you know, we're going to have city states again, you know, I don't know. Is that, that would you... be super interesting. Yeah. yeah. If you, if you had a system like that, um, you know, I don't know t enough about history to know exactly what that would look like and you know, what it would look like in a modern context, but it would be, it would be kind of fascinating if you not only got to choose your state based on verse based on your policies or pol politics or culture, but also down to that city level, you could pick the the governance sort of style that you liked, right. and and you know it'd be interesting to see how the relationships between those city states played out. Yeah, I mean, if every everybody was still open for you know commerce and trade and everything else, uh, I I could see it working. I guess the only modern example would probably be the Vatican, because I, I think that's the only like actual city state left, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. But even then, they work so closely with Italy; it's practically the same thing. So, just kind of just kind of interesting, kind of kind of uh, gets the wheel spinning, especially when you start talking about these topics. And you know, speaking of sci-fi, a lot of the times this is how the dystopian novel uh, ends, you know, or starts. It's like, you know, in the in the future, this everything is all separate and <laughs> that type of thing. It's funny, you know, I sort of historically speaking, I tended to view large unified places where you could do trade as a good thing. It made sense, right? Yeah, um, at least things were standardized. It, things are standardized. And in theory, the idea that you'd have something like the EU, like, uh, you know, beyond the United States, a, a, a large area where you could move around freely, where you could, you know, where you only had one currency to worry about. There's there are a lot of advantages to having a large area that's unified under one set of laws and currency. The problem is just when part of that unified system, or maybe even all of the power structure in that unified system, wants to go in a way that is uh, just not a way that a lot of us want to live. Then all of a sudden, that big advantage turns into yeah. a, a disadvantage. Yeah, and then we get things like Brexit. You know, where the British people decide, ah, we don't really need that European Union garbage anymore. So, you right. know, I, and, uh, which is also a great example of, you know, people separating themselves without getting into a big old fight about it, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, didn't actually start a, a war somehow that they exited the EU without uh, without firing a shot. Yep, I, it, it got pretty nasty on the news. I mean, we had Nigel Farage uh, yelling up a storm and you know pounding the podium and everything else. But I mean, that's just that's just about as violent as it got, which is all you could really ask for. Well, and, and we did. Uh, to be fair, though, we did already have that horrifically violent one six uh, event. Oh my God! It's just so uh, a moment of silence for for all of the <laughs> property lost at one six. I think there was a lectern that was taken. Somebody, oh my God! Did you see that? In someone stole the lectern. Yeah. Oh. Well, and of course there was someone shot. They just uh, an unarmed protester, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that's one that will definitely get people upset. Who's like, no? She broke a window and charged in there. I was like, she weighed a hundred and twenty pounds. There was dudes in that hallway that were easily two hundred and over six feet tall. It, it's so weird. Under under normal circumstances, under regular times or whatever, something like that would happen, and you'd be like, oh yeah, no, that was a really dumb thing she did, and yeah, okay, she yeah, got shot, yeah. and it would be nothing, right? But then you you zoom out and you look at the broader context of who is and isn't getting prosecuted or thrown in solitary, and it comes off the you know the summer of riots and all the other things, and it's like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, that that whole thing. I was like, as soon as they opened the doors and were just starting to let people inside, I was just like, oh, well, that's staged. There's no way this isn't an op. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. There, I remember at the time there was all kinds of people pointing out, oh, is this guy this? Is this guy the other? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And then, of course, you know, there was the, all the hiding of the camera footage and that kind of stuff. I think the only thing we can say for sure is that if anything reflects poorly on the powers that be, they're going to do everything they can to stifle oh, yeah. stifle information coming out about it. I mean, that's been universal for as long as probably history is going on yeah don't don't pay attention over here to what we're actually doing over there type of thing and then uh they released this this picture of like people like you know throwing things and everything it was like look how bad and awful this is they're they're throwing things it was like oh no <laughs> i was like uh this this isn't the this isn't the insurrection that you're <laughs> that you're playing it up to be seems like you're going a little bit overboard with your reaction there what is the I think it's the Reed Coverdale has that as his on his Twitter one uh, six yes. was a disappointment for me or something <laughs> like that, right? Yeah, and then he's got like whole threads of he's like, well, I'll tell you what was worse than than uh, anything else one six. It's just terrible. <laughs> yeah. But it is, you mentioned the, like, pay no attention to what's over here. I think this is one of the interesting things about our particular moment right now yes. is that it used to be that part of the American character was a a very strong resistance to that idea of pay no attention to what's over here. I mean, we had the, you know, that that reference of, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That comes from a movie that is now, what, like 70-ish years old, maybe a little yep. more. And in that movie, the hero is a young girl who demands to be shown what's behind the curtain, right? Yeah. It was so baked into our culture that some little girl could, you know, take her privilege and be like, damn it, you got to show me what's behind the curtain, right? Everybody had that right to yeah, go. Yeah, the, the whole what moral the of that last act was uh, I'm asking questions and I'm demanding answers, you know? Right. You know, that, yeah. was, that was so baked into the fabric of who we are. And now there is a fairly strong effort to 
to try to prevent anybody from looking behind any inconvenient curtains. And there's no longer that cultural support for, you know, for people, even for people who you might disagree with going, hey, you know, I need to see what's going on here and an acceptance that, oh, yeah, no, we do have to be somewhat transparent and, and let people have right. a look, right? The things that were hidden were were hidden in a way that if someone was able to point at them, then they would kind of have to go, oh, okay, you know, I guess I have to let you see that. But that's not so much the case anymore. Yeah. And uh, even, you know, with the Freedom of Information Act, uh, if you try to get anything from the government, they're going to take their time with it. They're going to charge you for the amount of copies, and it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be like 3 or $4 a page or something like that. So if you're trying to get anything done, and of course half of the stuff that you'll look at it will be redacted, you know, because this is an ongoing, you know, thing, and we can't let you have all of the, all of the information. You know, so it'd be kind of fun. I, I've seen one of those before where they had like a newspaper clipping and like half of the paragraphs were blacked out. And it was like, why are you redacting a newspaper clipping? I can go to the Washington Post and oh, read yeah. that article. What is this? That's funny. Yeah, totally unrelated. But that makes me think about when I'm calling someone, uh, some company or whatever, and they're trying to validate my identity. And then they ask me for my address, my city and my, my, you know, my ex exact street address. And then they ask me for the zip code. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> right? Like anybody with the internet can look up one from the other, right? Like that's public information, my yeah. friend. If I have the others, right? Yeah, if I, don't know, I gave you a name and a city. Me. Facebook will just find me immediately. They'll almost have Google Google Street View up my ass about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it just gets kind of fun. It's the government. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it just gets so fun. Um, you know, my little small town. Uh, I actually see like the the city councilors from time to time. You know, especially when it comes around election time. But we all shop at the same stores. And uh, I actually told one once, and he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm the I'm the representative for your area." And I was like, "Oh, it's like yeah, I know, I know how to reach you." He's like, "I can't do that with, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Senator uh, Kennedy up there in Washington D.C." And he kind of kind of laughed for a second, and then he kind of realized what I was talking about. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I, I, know, I know where to go get you. <laughs> it, it does change the dynamic, right? I like yeah. that about where where we are down here. I was at, uh, so for my uh, radio show, I had on a, a guest who has a, a, a new book that I guess just dropped a few days ago. Um, and he had a little book event at the Hemingway House in, uh, in Key West. And so I was there and it's a small yeah. city. So the city manager was there and I, I chatted with her for a little bit and we got into a tiny, just a tiny bit of politics, nothing much in, in depth, but just the fact that, yeah. you know, here she is and she knows who I am and has to acknowledge, oh, okay, there's, here's this other person and, you know, he's being clear about his perspective or whatever. And she's got to know that she has to, you know, she, she has these constituents and she does have to respond to them, you know, and they, we know who she is. We're going to go to other meetings, other events where she's going to be there. It's, it is a different level of accountability at that right. local level. That's, that's the magic word right there, accountability. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be expecting that from my, you know, congressman or senator from, from the state, you know, it's, there's no way I can reach them. You know, what's the representative rate it's like 735,000 to one something something ridiculous mm -hmm. like that but my you know my local city council it's like maybe you know 50 to one if that <laughs> and I know the guy he you know we shop at the same grocery store together so nope did I lose you
Nope, I'm still here. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I saw it kind of froze up a little bit. So I was like, maybe Dark Tom Woods is coming back around. Who knows? <laughs> I was just extra still. Just extra I'm still? Practicing my zen there for a moment. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so when do we expect this uh, the book to come out, actually? To, that... For the a full kind of official launch or whatever, I'm hoping within a, a, a couple of weeks. It depends in part on who I go with as a publisher or whether okay. I do end up going more of a, a self-published uh, route. It's in the hands of an editor right now who's going to do a run through and make sure that all of my mistakes get uh, get corrected. Yeah, yeah um, clear up and those then, typos. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. And it, it, yeah, they definitely happen, uh, no matter how much you may have read it through uh, to try to correct for errors. So that's happening right now. And then I'll, I'll decide on whether I can get a publisher to move as fast as I would want to on it, because I don't want this coming out in the year and a half. You know, who yeah. knows where yeah. we'll be at by then, right? <laughs> so this has to this has to be something. Yeah, the breakup may have already started by then. Who knows? And then I think it's already begun, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm here in the Conk Republic, man. We have our own yeah. flag. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need. So, uh, <clears throat> Matt, where else uh, can people find your stuff at, man? Sure. So they can go to mattasher.com and there they'll find all of the episodes of the radio show slash podcast that I do that's called The Filter. If you're looking for it on the different podcast apps, do a search for uh, The Filter with Matt Asher and you will find me. Yep. You should be able to find them pretty quick because I think that's... Uh... As far as name goes, that's uh, very unique. It's not going to be like uh, some of these where I, I've seen literally like podcasts, like it was like eight of them and they all had the same name. And I was like, uh, not the one I was looking for. And I'm sure it's in this list somewhere, but now I've uh, become discouraged. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's great, man. It's uh, so you have the podcast and it's on the radio as well, like terrestrial radio. That's correct. I'm here on nice. Keys Talk FM, uh, 102.5 and 96.9, kind of up up the keys. It reaches pretty close to South Miami there. Oh, okay. Nice. So yeah, and apparently are... the, uh, the, the one here in Key West reaches down to uh, Cuba, so I've heard, to Havana. Maybe. Maybe. That's nice. So I, so we can, uh, we can just blame you for the, uh, the Cuban libertarian movement, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, they, they just got to get out here. And then, you know, who knows, at some point the, the flow may reverse and uh, and we yeah. may be headed down there. <laughs> I, I want to see that happen in my time. And I, and I thought Obama had actually done a good thing by opening up that, uh, you know, the restrictions and everything and start letting people go. But because uh, nothing is going to collapse communism faster than, you know, a whole bunch of free market people coming down there with cash. So <laughs> oh, I, I tend to agree. Right. Like if yeah. an embargo hasn't worked in 40 plus years, eh, it's never going really. to. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. Well, I'll uh, send everybody over there to, to your links and everything so they can check you out and uh, also check out your book and Substack. Uh, thanks, Matt, for coming on, man. That, that was this was a blast. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, man. I'll say bye to you off the air. All right, and there he goes, Matt Asher, everybody. Uh, if you look down below in the show notes, you'll you'll find all of his stuff there. I'll have it all linked for you, so you're not having to go into the Googles and pre-search and DuckDuckGoes and everything trying to find him. Uh, so it'll be all listed down below as well. Uh, guys, I have a Coin Tree, and all of my links are down there as well. And uh, the best way to enjoy Coin Tree, of course, is by enjoying it with a nice, stiff cup of coffee. And you can get great Italian coffee, Lorenzotti.coffee. Put in my promo code RWAC at checkout and save yourself 10% on each of your order. And if you order anything over 15 bucks, it's automatically free shipping. And guess what, guys? Coffee can be kind of heavy. So 
you know, just saying. It's the best deal going around. These here parts. And uh, keep an eye out for the Lorenzotti. I, I, I hear that they've got some other stuff coming out soon. So it's, it's a great coffee. Uh, I get compliments on it when I bring it to the office of all places. So anyways, guys, take it easy. And we'll come at you next week with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. Out.